You're listening to Tea with Tolkien, a podcast for the Hobbit at heart. Episode 9, Lembus and the Eucharist. Okay, so before we begin today, I just wanted to say thank you all so much for listening to our first couple of episodes. I know we aren't super far into the podcasting game yet. We're only on episode 9, but it feels like this has been going on for a long time, and I love it so much, and I'm just very grateful for you and you're awesome. So I hope you're having a wonderful day. Right now, I am drinking a cup of Sleepy Hobbit tea, still feeling a little bit under the weather, but I'm still excited to be hanging out with you all for a few minutes today. So I wanted to begin with just a topical discussion on the subject of Lumbus, and then later on we'll look at the Catholic influences behind this, the lovely waybread of the elves. So we are first introduced to Lembus in the Fellowship of the Ring, when the Fellowship is leaving Lothlorien. As they are preparing to set off, Galadriel is giving everyone gifts. She gives them gifts both for each member individually, as well as like group gifts for the company as a whole. And one of these group gifts is a bunch of Lembus. I just wanted to give you all a little backstory on Lembus because I actually just learned all of this as I was preparing for this episode, and I thought it was super exciting. (laughs) Lembus is actually first made by Yavanna, one of the queens of the Valar. Um, If you don't know who she is, read the Silmarillion, or at least read the first two chapters. Yavanna is actually also the same person who made the Ents, so I just love that. She's one of my favorites. So the recipe for Lembus was created by Yavanna, and it was eventually passed down to Galadriel. It's actually made out of a special corn grown in the land of Amman, and also, according to Elvish customs, apparently only women were allowed to bake it, so sorry boys. I would also note that it's extremely rare that Lembus is given to any non-elves, so in the Fellowship of the Ring, this occasion of the Fellowship receiving large quantities of this Lembus is actually pretty important. But you wouldn't even know it if you were just reading the book. Gimli actually mistakes it for cram at first, but he's pleasantly surprised to find out that it's actually very lovely and delicious. And then the elves explain basically what it is, how to take care of it, and so on. They say, eat a little at a time and only at need, for these things are given to serve you when all else fails. The cakes will keep sweet for many, many days, if they are unbroken and left in their leaf wrappings as we have brought them. One will keep a traveler on his feet for a day of long labor, even if he be one of the tall men of Minas Tirith. So then after this chapter, we see Lembus is carried through the whole rest of the story, even after the fellowship is broken, all the way to Mordor. (laughs) It just makes me want to cry. One of my favorite things about Lord of the Rings and that you can sort of pull out of Middle-earth and bring into your own world is Lembus. Because Tolkien went to such a great deal to describe it, we can really actually try and bake it for ourselves and then we can eat it and feel as though we're eating it alongside the fellowship. So two years ago, I came up with this recipe based on my own interpretation of Lembus and I think it's very lovely, so I'll include the recipe in the show notes if anyone else is interested in baking some. It's basically like a cookie, or maybe we would call it a biscuit. 
It's not very sweet, and in it is honey, almonds, orange, and lavender, as well as other things, and I think it's very wonderful, especially with tea, so it's perfect. So how does the Eucharist fit in with all of this, you're asking me? One of the first hints of Catholicism in The Lord of the Rings that I picked up on after my conversion was Lembus. It seemed so obvious after becoming Catholic, but I had completely overlooked it, not even noticed it before then. Of all the Catholic parallels in Tolkien's writing, I think Lembus is probably the strongest because it bears such a striking resemblance to the Eucharist, which we also call communion if you're unfamiliar. Tolkien acknowledges this similarity in letter 213 when he writes about different instances of readers pointing out his Catholic influence. He says, Another saw in Waybread, parentheses Lembus, equals viaticum, and the reference to its feeding the will and being more potent when fasting, a derivation from the Eucharist. So, of course, this isn't allegory, as we know, and I feel like we will need to remind ourselves every single day of our lives when looking at Tolkien, um, but several characteristics of the Lembus are reminiscent of the Eucharist, so I think it's worth spending a little time reflecting on its role in the story of Middle-earth. So, when a person is given the Eucharist when they're near death or in danger of death, it's called viaticum, meaning in Latin, provision for a journey. Similarly, Lembus is called waybread by the elves, and it is given to the members of the fellowship as they embark upon their perilous quest. And I'm sure Galadriel understands just exactly how dangerous it's going to be and that their lives will be at risk. In Book 3, Chapter 2, when Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are following after the group of orcs that had captured Merry and Pippin, Tolkien writes, Often in their hearts they thanked the Lady of Lorien, which is Galadriel, for the gift of Lembus, for they could eat of it and find new strength even as they ran. Another cool thing is that a person is not supposed to receive the Eucharist while in a state of mortal sin because it places them in grave danger. Similarly, Gollum cannot eat Lembus and he's actually harmed by it. Lembus is also considered more potent or effective when it is a person's sole sustenance, so that can be seen as a nod to the Catholic fast before receiving communion, as well as the whole idea that it's wonderful for Catholics to receive the Eucharist often, just like Lembus must be eaten daily. It's recommended that you go to Mass at least once a week, and if you can make it on weekdays, that's just wonderful. In Lembus, the hobbits find renewed strength of spirit and of body, often being reminded of home or safer times when they eat it. Tolkien wrote in letter 55 of receiving communion as a fleeting glimpse of an unfallen world. Similarly, Mary remarks to Pippin that Lembus does put heart into you, a more wholesome sort of feeling too. And the elves themselves say that it is more strengthening than any food made by man. In The Return of the King, as Frodo and Sam are almost to the end of their quest, Tolkien writes, the Lembus had a virtue without which they would have long ago lain down to die. It fed the will, and it gave strength to endure, and to master sinew and limb beyond the measure of mortal kind. Catholics believe that the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, in which he is truly present. While there's no such parallel for that within Lembus, its power of nourishment for both body and soul speaks to the influence 
of the Eucharist on Tolkien's life. He wrote of the Eucharist often in his letters, which were compiled and published in 1981, a book, as always, that I highly recommend adding to your bookshelf. It's just called The Letters of J.R.R. Tolkien, and I can add a link to that in the show notes. He referred to the Eucharist as the one great thing to love on earth, recommending it as the only cure for a sagging or fainting faith. If you'd like to read more of his thoughts on his faith and the Eucharist, I'd really recommend letters 43, 55, 89, 213, and especially 250. So those are all available in that book I just mentioned. I wanted to share two quotes from these letters. The first will be from letter 43, in which Tolkien is writing to his son Michael. He writes, Out of the darkness of my life, so much frustrated, I put before you the one great thing to love on earth, the blessed sacrament. There you will find romance, glory, honor, fidelity, and the true way of all your loves on earth. And more than that, death. By the divine paradox, that which ends life and demands the surrender of all, and yet by the taste or foretaste of which alone can what you seek in your earthly relationships, love, faithfulness, joy, be maintained, or take on the complexion of reality, of eternal endurance, which every man's heart desires. Later, in letter 250, also to Michael, he writes, The only cure for sagging or fainting faith is communion. Though always itself perfect and complete and inviolate, the Blessed Sacrament does not operate completely and once for all in any of us. Like the act of faith, it must be continuous and grow by exercise. Seven times a week is more nourishing than seven times at intervals. One of the coolest parts of Catholicism, in my opinion, is that not only can we receive the Eucharist during Mass, but we can also participate in something called Eucharistic Adoration, which is my favorite. If you don't know what that is, this is basically when the consecrated host is placed in this neat kind of holder thing called a monstrance, and it's displayed, usually in a separate adoration chapel, or sometimes in the regular church building for special occasions, and anyone can just come and sit in the presence of our Lord. Someone asked on Twitter the other day, if you need to be Catholic to visit an Adoration Chapel, and I was so excited to be able to respond to them and to see so many other people responding that, no, you totally don't have to. Um, anyone is welcome at Adoration. I know a lot of people have found a lot of peace within Adoration, even if they don't really believe in the whole idea of the Eucharist. So if you've ever wanted to attend Adoration or weren't sure about it, you should totally find a chapel nearby, and go. Whenever I feel like everything around me is chaos or I'm struggling feeling low, I try to run to the Blessed Sacrament as often as I can. The kind of peace and quiet and dedicated alone time in prayer um, always helps pull me out of any dark place I might be in, and so if you are at all able to go, I really highly recommend 10 out of 10, you should do it. Catholics refer to the Eucharist as the source and summit of the Christian life. So I've been trying to really anchor myself around this and cling to it when I'm kind of feeling like Frodo and Sam on the slopes of Mount Doom. So just to bring it all back together, I just wanted to share how, once again, learning something more about Tolkien has led me on another winding path into the depths of Catholicism. I love how devoted Tolkien was to the Eucharist, and it's such a balm to my soul to see it, even in this small way reflected in Lembus. 
I hope you guys enjoy this episode and learn something a little bit new. And once again, I will leave that recipe in the show notes if you'd like to bake some lembas for yourself. It's pretty easy. I also just wanted to mention that some of you have heard me mention on social media and on our Patreon that I'm putting together a Hobbit Party planning guide. So after about seven or eight years of hosting our own Hobbit parties, I wanted to put together some kind of resource for all of you for if you would like to host something of your own. So I'm going to make that available to our patrons for free within the next month or so. And I'll do a actual launch where we'll be selling it maybe in the fall, probably in August. But if you'd like to get your hands on that before then, it'll be totally free for any of our patrons and it's just another way of saying how much I appreciate you all. Thanks again so much for listening and having tea with us today. I hope you all have a lovely week and I'll be back next Tuesday with an exciting interview that I cannot wait to share with all of you. Thank you.